0: If it's Friday, you know that the Deems list is here to tickle your ears. But really, instead of tickling today, it might just be providing some comfort. Folks, it is the 8th of January. The first full week has come to a close of 2021. I think we want our money back. I, I think we want our money back. Are, are, can we still do it? Is it a 15-day, a 30-day? No. You know, it. Uh, it feels as if... You know, so much for hold my beer. I a friend of mine sent me something that said, um, 2021 uh, basically said, uh, here, um, hold my bottle of tequila. And before we knew it, his pants were off and he's running at the Capitol. My goodness, what a week. So uh, (laughs) this week... um, Election results certified in Washington that has occurred. We had the Georgia runoffs. We had the Trump march, which turned into the attack on the Capitol building. And then, of course, we can't forget the old faithful, something that, you know, it's a shame it didn't get more airtime this week. Ending a prayer with a woman instead of amen. <laughs> Gosh. Well, let's just dive right in. Um The attack on the Capitol, appalling, absurd, un-American. You can't say it enough. I released um, a statement. My statement basically said this. You can't keep fanning the flames with harmful, unsubstantiated rhetoric, then act shocked when we're engulfed by fire. The violence and insurrection at the Capitol are both disgraceful and un-American. Sad, but we will overcome. And I really believe that. We will overcome. I think it's still up in the air what it's going to look like. I think it's clear you have to throw blame at the president, his rhetoric, and several of his supporters for um, what we saw. I mean, listen, I voted for Donald Trump. And on this show, if you've tuned in for any period of time, um, you would know that. And we thought he was handily going to get reelected, handily. Uh, Pandemic hurt. Um, and he hasn't helped himself one bit in recent months. And uh, it's, it's pretty sad, uh, really. I mean, it's pretty sad to see what's happened. Um, we're going to talk about this a little more in depth next week. We're going to do uh, the Eric Deem show, The Religion of Trumpism. Um, that's especially going to be interesting. Trumpism post-Trump. So, be sure to tune in there. So, what's happened since the Capitol? First of all, um, you know, I watched, actually, the president's remarks at the march. And I think we have to be clear. Separate out the the folks who were there for the march to support their president, President Trump. There were a lot of great, Trump-loving, MAGA hat-wearing people that you would love. Maybe friends and family of yours were there. But... You got to be able to separate those people from the folks that attack the Capitol building. They're not the same. And we have the folks who attack the Capitol building need to be prosecuted. That is not how democracy is played out in the United States. Now, I know, I know, I know, I know. Rewind six months. Cities in America were on fire, Capitol buildings were being torched. Uh, civic buildings here in 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 the city of Nashville, our uh, courthouses had uh, fires started in them. Um, Seattle, Portland; those were the most notorious. I think they still have ongoing protests going on, and a lot of those folks were not prosecuted. In fact, it was uh, Chris Cuomo, the, uh, the the brother of the governor of New York, on CNN who said, um, "Show me where." protests have to be peaceful. Well, let's look at the U.S. Constitution for that. Let's just start there, okay? So we need to condemn all violence, all looting, regardless of who is doing it, okay? And there are reports that, you know, Antifa or whatever types of folks infiltrated um, some of the Trump supporters, but that doesn't give an excuse. Again, the president's rhetoric of this being, um, you know, I mean, you can go back so far with his rhetoric, right? Um, but from fake news and demeaning the news, and listen, the news needs to step it up. I don't think there's anybody in America who doesn't think that uh, our news isn't bought and paid for. Um, if you don't believe that, just look at all the uh, pharmaceutical ads that you got to get through just to watch the nightly news. Okay. So, Yes. Uh, do they say things? Do they jump to things? Has journalism died in America? For the most part, yeah. Why? Because social media and the 24-hour news cycle have forced us into um, this alternative reality where breaking the story is more important than the story. And, oh, well, we'll fix it later and let the chips fall where they may. Well, you know, Trump is a reaction to things that have occurred long before Trump right? Uh, the divisiveness of our country in the political side of it. So, <clears throat> you know, the, this is very complex. And I know it's really easy to take the simple way out and say the orange man is still bad. His followers are bad. But no, there was voter fraud that occurred. Are we sure that it happened at the lar- to the extent that it would change the election? Not yet. We keep hearing about it, but uh, the the Trump attorneys and the people doing that really just make a mockery of themselves when they keep kind of stringing us along, telling us to send them more money to the Legal Defense Fund, send more money, send more money, Uh, we've we've got it, it's coming, but yet they have been continually, continually thrown out of courts, um, Evidence not being able to be shown, at least to the extent that they promised they have. And because there's such distrust that has been sown throughout, over the last four or five years especially, but it goes back much, much further. Distrust to our institutions um, you know, Trump, as I've said here before, was the Molotov cocktail to throw into Washington because Washington wasn't working for anybody except for uh, the people who are getting paid by the government or the one percenters who are getting a lot more money because of government policies, right? Tax breaks and whatnot. Well, <clears throat> sometimes the, the chickens come home to roost, right? So we're, we have to work through the complexity of this situation, And the Republican Party really has to do it. Trump came in and systematically eliminated any opinions other than Trump. And he's not really Republican. I've been pleased with the Republican policies that he's put forth. But I have not been pleased with the rhetoric. I have not been pleased with um, leadership characteristics, style, those kinds of things. And if you've listened to the show for any period of time, you've heard that. So I'm, I'm, it's going to be really, really interesting uh, to see how this all plays out. You know, we're less than two, week, two weeks away from um, the, the inauguration of President-elect Joe Biden. Uh, earlier this week, both the House and the Senate, the day that all this went down, you know, they were um, certifying the election, the final um, electoral college votes. And I loved watching, so I stayed up extra late to watch, you know, I'm, I watched, listen, I've been watching C-SPAN since before it was cool, all right? And, uh, you know, yeah, so just just hold your horses there. So I stayed up extra late to watch this and to certify all of that. And, um, you know, the president responded saying he will ensure a peaceful transfer of power on the 20th. <laughs> I, I know some people probably and rightfully so um, question that given, uh, recent events, but you know, hopefully tempers will cool a bit and, and we'll see what happens. So Joe Biden, Kamala Harris are, are still on track. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. The question becomes what happens with Trump in a post-presidency? Is he gearing up to run again or what? So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's an interesting time, especially when just the day after all this occurred, Chuck Schumer starts calling for the 25th Amendment to be exercised, which, as those of you out there who may not know, um, that means we're removing the presidency for his inability um, to serve. Uh, and, and, you know, Look it up. They can go uh, many directions on this, but... Um, the House is already circulating impeachment documents. I think it's going to be very difficult to get an, another impeachment through the House and then a removal of office in less than two weeks. I, I just think it's, it's, it's not great. Let's just focus on moving forward and what the uh, future looks like. Of course, at the White House, resignations. People are falling over there, dropping like flies, as they said in Belperie growing up. Well, that's because I live next to a horse farm. So, you know, maybe that, I don't know. But they're, uh, they're, they're on the move, and um, it's going to be interesting to see who else is there. Some folks are saying, I can't resign because I need to stick around and be the adult in the room. Interesting. Um, we know how those who have spoken ill against the president in the past have been treated, if they stuck around. Um, but we also know, let's not forget, over the last four years... There has been a lot of corruption, deep-seated, deep-rooted corruption in the high levels of our government that has been rooted out. People that have either been there uh, entitled, uh, building their own little fiefdom and kind of having Teflon against anybody coming after them, being able to go through and get FISA warrants on, uh, let's just say, not-so-credible evidence, Uh, So the problem becomes for us as the observer, well, uh, we're not given the whole story and then the stories we are given have all their spin on it. And it really becomes difficult for us to be able to decipher truth, facts, fiction, reality. And uh, it's tough. It's tough. So also what happened this week, Georgia, the runoff in Georgia. Uh, Kelly Loeffler, and uh, David Perdue lost. David Purdue lost to uh, John Ossoff, uh, 33-year-old, guy who really hasn't accomplished anything in his life, uh, well-heeled, elite-educated, you know, all that kind of stuff, comes from a wealthy family, and, um, you know, all of the New England-educated uh, journalists who are about the same age who haven't accomplished anything in their lives either, see him and, oh, he's like us, he's really doing something. So, you know, he's um, a second coming uh, of sorts. So, you know, he wins. Uh, and, and then also Warnock, Reverend Warnock wins, the guy who, um, yeah, well, if you've seen the body cam footage of the time his, I guess now, it's either, a, I think it's an ex-wife now, I think they're officially divorced, um, called the police for domestic violence disputes. Now, that her credibility's been uh, in question, but nonetheless, these are really terrible candidates, um, and they beat the Republicans, the incumbent Republicans. Now, the good news for the Leffler seat, which, as many of you know, that was Johnny Isaacson's um, seat, um, it's up for re-election in a year, so. The Senate is now effectively in control by the Democrats uh, because of the 50-50. Kamala Harris um, will be vice president, which would make her president of the Senate, which would give that uh, vote. So uh, our Republicans out there need to be calling Joe Manchin like he is your best friend and some of those other uh, blue dogs. Uh, Do those still exist? Gosh, remember when the Senate was called the great deliberative body? Where have we gone? But you know, where have we gone, Leffler? Let's just start with Leffler, okay? Leffler and Purdue, by the way, have been criticized for their insider trading deals. You know, pre-COVID, they both got as every senator could, I guess, uh, get these um, classified briefings on what's going to happen. Well, they happened to dump a bunch of stock, millions of dollars. Oh, by the way, uh, Leffler's husband. Uh, 15 years senior, and chairman of the New York Stock Exchange, and actually quite an impressive business guy if you look at what he's been able to accomplish. A whole lot more impressive of a businessman um, than David Perdue, but we'll get to him in a second. Um, so, Loeffler, um, pr- pretty interesting. You know, you you start looking in, her husband, Jeffrey, uh, how do you say, Sprecher? Sprecher? I, I don't know. Uh, buckhead guy. <laughs> You look at their house. Okay, I just have to tell you, I have so many thoughts around this. First of all, okay, I'm, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm just gonna be candid with you. I'm gonna tell you exactly what I think. Um, she reminds me of uh, the the pretty girl in high school whose dad is the wealthy business guy, and so. Um, you know, it's the girl you want to, yeah, you, you, you feel like she's out of your league for so many reasons, but um, but she's just not approachable anyway, and kind of has her own clicks and doing that kind of, that's the flavor I kind of get when I'm, and I read people for a living, this is what I do, right? So you kind of get that feeling, and you're like, okay, okay, and um, well, and because, you know, this girl's dad owns the business or whatever, she gets all the... You know, she gets invited to, to play all the sports and gets sent to all of these different things, right? Because, not because of anything she does, but because of who her dad is. Well, Leffler feels very similar to me. And it's not just her. It's whenever governors start appointing, uh, you, you do these appointments to fulfill the remaining term of senators. They go to the highest bidder, it seems like. What happened to giving it to the people who could actually do the job? I mean, do we really look at Kelly Leffler? look at her career, she's 50 years old, look at what she's accomplished um, outside of marrying well, look at her accomplishments, look at what she brings to the table, her experience, and think that this is going to be a future senator, somebody that's actually going to hold down the, the fort. Um, yeah, I mean, she's great for holding true to the, the Trump line until she didn't. That's the other thing. I mean, so here she says she's gone to support Donald Trump and contest the election. And then last night, uh, because she got scared and rattled, and I know a lot of people did, and I'm not, listen, I'm not taking away from those feelings. It must have been terrifying to be whisked away into a bunker not knowing what's going on. Um, Again, again, I I blame the heated rhetoric and what's going on. Which, by the way, who did she bring to Georgia to, to campaign with her? Trump. So... Uh, You know, you can't stoke the fire yourself and then start complaining because the room fills with smoke. So, you know, I I just, if Republicans want to start winning and winning decisively, maybe we should run candidates who can actually relate to the people they're going to be serving. And I, listen, I, I am not afraid of wealth. We're all pursuing it, right? We all want to pursue the freedom that money, happiness, peace, joy, love, all that stuff, yeah, yeah, we want that. I come from the land of pragmatism, right? It takes money to live. We get that. Um, But you just wonder, is that the best way to represent Georgians? And Eric Erickson, who's down in Georgia, I've listened to a lot of what he has to say on the matter, and I think he's spot on in a lot of things, and... um, there's something to be said for having folks that just can't relate. Now, Purdue, on the other hand here, his uh, cousin, first cousin, Sonny Purdue, former governor of the state, agriculture secretary under Trump, has done really well. Uh, I think David Purdue did really well in South Georgia, getting out there, getting to know the people. But still, here's another guy. He's in his 70s, and I'm not railing on people in their 70s, but <laughs> again... Do you have to be in your 70s to be able to run for office in this country? I think millennials are over that. And uh, millennials turned 40 this year, by the way. So we're coming into our own. And it's, you know, we're not just the young punks that are making it really uncomfortable for all the boomers anymore. You know, And we're going to have an episode on millennials at some time in the future, too. So we'll get to that. But if we want to start winning, oh, Purdue, you start looking at what. Okay, he, he also now both Leffler and Purdue's, um, you know, investigations by the DOJ on insider trading. Which I guess insider trading's okay, but you're not. I don't know, is it or is it not? I'm told that it's. Martha Stewart has to go to jail for it, but if you're a member of House or Senate and you do it, suddenly it's okay. This is a problem. This is if you go into office, not a millionaire. And you come out a multi-millionaire. Something ha- and and you know something happened, and and maybe your spouse knocked it out of the park, and maybe that's great, and maybe you were in there for fifty years. So uh, you know the beauty of compounded interest took over. But let's be honest. We know that there are a lot of backroom deals and things happening that shouldn't happen. So what does that leave us with? Uh, a whole a whole episode here that we could get onto on. Um, who's representing us, how much we should be paying them. See, I get upset whenever Congress doesn't pass a pay increase for themselves. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me tell you why. Because every time they don't do it, it means that the only folks who can run are former bartenders like AOC who see it as a pay increase to get in there and make what they're doing. Or the one percenters who do it as a retirement gig to guarantee their stock portfolio for the rest of their life. The folks in the middle who can bring great leadership. The folks in there who are in their you know prime years. They can't afford to go in there to do it because you know yeah it's public service so you're not expecting to get rich off of it but you got to be able to keep up a living you got to keep a house in D.C. or a place to live there you got to keep a house where you're from and and if you have families. You know, it's back all the way to the contract with America, right? You, you can't move your families to D.C. anymore. You got to stay outside the Beltway. Um, well, it's been a, it's been a spiral ever since. But um, anyway, the good news is Nancy Pelosi has been reelected as Speaker. This is actually terrible news. So, um, you know, Representative Emanuel Cleaver, um, in his opening prayer, I guess, for the first day uh, of the new Congress, ended his prayer with amen and a woman. <laughs> the ignorance knows no bounds for these people in pursuit of wokeness. First of all, amen has absolutely nothing to do with men. And he's a former minister, Methodist minister. You would think he would know this, um, And he he alleges that this was some sort of a pun. Well, that's convenient to do in hindsight. But, I mean, come on, really? And the reason I question his uh, justification is because that same day, they took out all gender references as part of the house rules. You can't refer to uh, father or mother, their parents. You can't refer to aunt and uncle, their uh, parents' siblings. What happened to the world where you have male and female? That's the kind of stuff we're... That's what we're changing the rules. Everything's happening in the world right now. Lockdowns, um, governments coming in and forcing you uh, to make changes so that you cannot earn a living. And we're removing the words that are gender-specific in the people's house. You begin to start to understand why... Fanning the flames is such a bad idea. People are already over their limits. The, the gun-toting, Bible-thumping, ammo-hoarding Trump supporters have been really upset for a long time. Fanning the flame there didn't take long. We saw that. It didn't take long. I mean, the fact that they were asked to come to D.C. on the 6th, D.C. is never really a paradise. It's certainly not a paradise in January, and it certainly wasn't a paradise this week. But there were hundreds of thousands of people there. So, yeah, I I think the Republicans especially, and I'm a Republican, and I'm one of these people who's very upset. I just know that if we want our republic to last, we've got to follow the Constitution, and we've got to follow order and process and laws. But yeah, I'm upset that for the First, how many years of this and Trump administration we were going after a Russian hoax? Meanwhile, all the deals that were happening on the Biden side, right? Russia, Ukraine? No, sorry, China, Ukraine. It's like look over here, look at what the right hand's doing, so that we can't see what the left hand's doing. There are problems all around, but we need to be intellectually honest with the fact that. Um, there were a lot of issues. If you're a conservative, you're attacked. You know, it, it, the tolerant crowd is really tolerant unless you disagree with them. If, if we care about our nation, we've got to preserve it. I think we have punted, unfortunately. Uh, this week has um, for America, it's punted. I was hoping that 2021 would bring in this sense of uh, you know we've said make. Politics boring again. I, I don't, you, you kind of hope that's what was going to happen with the Biden-Harris administration? If this is the way the Trump administration is choosing to go out, um, I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case. So, oh man, where where were we? So, I think we've hit on it. The Capitol was attacked. Um, Trump I think has a lot of blame uh for what occurred there in, in citing that. You know, and, and we've talked if, if Trump was just a guy that you'd want to spend time with and have a beer with, um and and you know well we're gonna get more into this next week on on the full episode of Trumpism, but I think he would have um I think he would have won handily, easily w- without whatever um Occurred Now, I think Biden had more appeal four years ago than Hillary. People just don't like Hillary and what the Clintons have and all that. And we didn't know all of that Biden baggage, right? So I think Biden's best chance for winning was four years ago. Well, he ran this time and he won, right? We, we can't just keep spinning around conspiracy theories. And some of the people, smartest people I know and some of the people I love the most, um, you know, you just, where's the evidence? If we're not going to be shown the evidence, I'm all for it. Listen, if the evidence was there, I'm all for it. A guy that goes to socially distanced circles, talks to 12 people versus a a guy that comes and talks to 30,000 people and 12,000 people couldn't get in. Yeah, it's really hard for me to believe um, that the boring guy that stayed in his basement won. That's hard. But Everybody has looked at it. It's been investigated. We can't believe the conspiracies that say um, the bad people are everywhere and everybody's bad. Because what does that do? Well, it turns into marches on Washington that are insurrections that are really harmful to the constitutional republic that we have. Really harmful to the processes. We're pretty fragile. Democracies are fragile. And we're, you know, we're not... We've been that in a while, 230, 40 years, but still, there's a lot, a lot of fragility in here that we need to keep in mind. So um, anyway, what a week, guys. What a week. Um, January 20th is right around the corner, uh, so we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm sure that there will be more <laughs> lights and sirens and um, many layers and 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 new episodes um, to come uh, with uh, the remaining days of the Trump administration. So should be interesting. But uh, what a week it's been. We've got the prayers with a men and a women. <laughs> what, what a time. Georgia runoffs. Go Democratic. So now the Democrats have effective control, at least for the next year. Um, and then we've got the midterm elections after that, which should be pretty interesting. Um, the Trump march happened. I watched that march. I thought... Uh, all in all, these people were out there, pretty patriotic, doing their thing, but uh, turned violent, and that's where we have to draw the line. So, appreciate you tuning in. If you have any comments on this, love to hear it. Chief at ericdeemshow.com. I'm also on the socials, at ericdeemshow. As a reminder, Fridays are our weekend review. The Deems list is our weekend review. The Eric Deems show is where I take a little bit more um, kind of a deliberate tone with uh, evergreen content, things to talk about that... Um, are come from my prag- the roots of growing up in the Midwest, the pragmatism, right? This, this idea that cultural stewardship falls to each of us. So um, I appreciate you tuning in. We're hitting numbers that I'm really excited about. We're growing. So thank you. Talk soon. <laughs>